Hello, my name is Israel. I've been involved in hip-hop since the 1980s as an artist, producer, radio show host, journalist, documentarian, magazine editor, hip-hop advocate, and pundit. Over the years, I've interviewed hundreds of interesting people in music, media, and more. Welcome to Sounds from the Underground, the podcast from Insomniac Magazine, where we learn from both those who reside below the surface and those who've breached it. What you have in front of you are the two editors of Insomniac. And my name's Israel, and this is Kevin, Kevin Keith. Keith. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about how hip-hop from the past potentially could help artists today. So maybe if we kind of come up with a couple of folks that maybe somebody out there that's in their 20s making hip-hop in 2018 could go back and learn something from. So what do you think? Who, who will be on your list? If you can't think of someone right away, I'll come up with somebody. Uh, you go for it first. All right, yeah. So, take a while. so my, my recommendation for somebody to go back that is making hip-hop in 2018 and, and study, mm-hmm. that would be Schoolie D. Schoolie D. Schoolie D yeah. is somebody I think that, and if you don't know Schoolie D, Schoolie D might be one of the first gangster rappers in hip-hop. Uh, for those folks that have a little bit of knowledge about hip-hop, he's the guy that made PS- PSK and Gucci, Gucci Time, Time Saturday Night mm-hmm. and uh, and a bunch of other records. But the beautiful thing about, about Schoolie D, I think, is that in many ways, he carved out his own... Not only his own niche, right? Because mm-hmm. nobody else was making music at that time like Schoolie D. You yeah. could not confuse Schoolie D with, with anybody anyone. else at that time. Mm-hmm. His look was distinctive. His sound was distinctive. Very bare bones, very minimalistic. Yeah. It was gangster, but not you know hardcore gangster. But the other beautiful thing about it is that he really also used visuals to identify himself. So so many artists, and this is not necessarily a new thing, but so many artists have a lot of the same visuals. So you know whatever that look is, whatever that vibe is, they go with that flow, with that wave. And at the time. If you remember, his thing was he would actually draw himself right. as a caricature, and that was his signature kind of brand. That was right. his brand. You would you have know? comic book covers. Indeed. For Schooly D. Indeed, yeah. indeed. And and it was like line line drawings. Mm-hmm. It was really nothing elaborate. Mm-hmm. So you had that. You had very minimalistic, you know, he did his own production, uh, you know, no samples. It was just drums, really. Yeah. And and the lyrics and the delivery, everything about it was distinctive. There was no one that you could confuse Schoolie D with. Right. And because of that, I think even though maybe he's not a household name, his music has clearly, I think, influenced plenty of artists. Has been oh, sampled yeah. countless of times, oh, even yeah. in music. In R and B, yeah, in R and B music. 
Touch me, um, tease me. I think that was Case and Foxy Brown. And, indeed. Yeah. Indeed. The other thing about Schooly D that's kind of interesting because I think so many people are so enamored with Jay-Z yeah. because of the, you know, the mogul connection. You know, he was someone that's known as kind of being an entrepreneur and mm-hmm. doing his own thing. Think about the fact that in an environment where artists really needed labels, right. Schooly D was pressing up his own records. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was uh, amazing for that particular time in hip-hop. I mean, you never saw anything like that before. Indeed, indeed. So there's so many lessons that artists today can glean from these forefathers, if you will, that Mm -hmm. came before them. And definitely, I, I will make a strong case for anybody that's out there that is an artist that considers themselves an authentic hip-hop artist because mm-hmm. obviously you have plenty of, and that's fine everybody you know has to choose their own path there are plenty of people that you know don't consider themselves authentic or really don't care to be authentic and you know just riding a wave and that's all right but if you consider yourself to be somebody that really wants to create their own path that mm-hmm. wants to represent themselves as authentic hip-hop there are so many artists that have been there before you that I think you could learn a lot from and use that to your advantage. Right. You know, I mean, there's there's a reason why television shows and movies and books and comic books get repurposed because, you know, they were a success for a reason. And then somebody finds a way to kind of like, you know, pull from that and create success today. And I think mm-hmm. that so much of that could happen in the music world, and especially it has happened in the music world, but especially hip-hop in a space that, for a lot of reasons that you know we could probably spend all day talking about, you know, our history in hip-hop has, be, has kind of become disposable. Right. I so, mean, don't you think that we live in an era now where it's cool to ignore the past? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't even so. think that the past is even acknowledged. Yeah. I don't think that yeah. there's even an awareness. Right. Uh, yeah. That there's a past beyond the last maybe five or so years for yeah. most artists that fancy themselves hip hop. So I mm-hmm. gave you plenty of time to think. Even a group like the Wu Tang Clan. Okay. And um, because, I mean, I like the whole concept of you create a group and. You have all of these, I guess you could say, little satellites right? Uh, within the group. Right. So the, the Wu-Tang album was a success. So then what you start doing is you put the other artists within the group on their own labels. Um, as opposed to it all just being a Wu-Tang Clan thing. Right. I mean, what was it? I think, uh, what, Method Man was on Def Jam. Uh, I think you had, what, Jizzo on EMI, I believe. Right. So, I mean, that was pretty clever okay you know at the time so i mean now i guess you're starting to see that more and more i guess if you have a group that would come up today um they would probably do the same thing they would they would look at that wu-tang model Mm -hmm. and probably uh follow that if once again if they looked at the past right so 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 tell me what the takeaway is so somebody out there needs to go back look at the wu-tang clan and what specifically are they looking at Okay, well, they're looking at the fact that, I mean, by spinning off the group in such a way, mm-hmm. by taking each individual artist, I mean, mm-hmm. you can cut better deals. Mm-hmm. Because once you get the success of the group as a whole, mm-hmm. 
then you're going to have labels clamoring for the artists within the group. Okay, I got you. So now it's as far as negotiation. You can say, okay, well, let me put, uh, yeah, you can have Method Man, but you can have Method Man for this much, and you can cut a better deal. I got you. You can have Jizza for uh, this much, and then you can cut an even better deal, and Raekwon and an even better deal. I got you. So, so, so it's more business as opposed to artistic advice. Right, it's more right. That's advice. more in the business. I think, there's something be, I think there's something to be said about that. I think that, you know, obviously we always know that strength the numbers yeah and there's something to be said about garnering the strength of a collective mm-hmm. and we have groups like that you know on the underground tip we have and i mean they're they're all over the place every spectrum yes you know I, as you well know we both have been lifelong advocates for the underdogs of course in hip-hop yeah. and and if you don't know about our backgrounds we both Hosted radio shows back in the early 90s for a long time and, you know, broke a lot of records, played a lot of people that today are considered, you know, icons, people like them, Franklin. Right. Um, but today you have, you know, folks that have made the Insomniac charts, you know, multiple times, people like the certain ones, which wow. I think are, are doing a good job. And in many ways, they kind of have that, you know, they're able to pull strength and numbers, which is a beautiful thing. If you could get people behind you. Right. To support what you do, and obviously that have you know similar uh, interests. Not necessarily that you sound the same, but similar interests that could kind of like you know get together under that umbrella, under that brand, and then still you do your own thing. I think again, there's strength in numbers there. But the unique thing about them is that some okay, the thing that he added twist here about the certain ones is from what I understand, right. Um, the group members have never met as a whole. They wow. only know each other through the internet. Indeed. So, I mean, and for them to combine their forces like that and come out with such incredible music after never having met before, maybe only one or two members have met each other in person. But, Indeed. Uh, I mean, that's, that's genius. Yeah, it's it is. genius to be able to pull that it together. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's also leveraging technology, right. you know, and where we are today. Mm-hmm. You know, another group which you put me on to and, and have been a staple on Insomniac, uh, Insomniac Magazine and also the charts for quite some time would be the winners. The winners, yeah. You know, I think another, and, 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 you know, we've had the opportunity to, to talk to some of those folks or yeah. do interviews with some of them on the magazine in the magazine. And I think there's a similar kind of thing going on there where, you know, they all haven't necessarily met face-to-face. Some of them obviously have. But they kind of connected online, you know, right. they kind of use that brand and that umbrella to and, and create good music, too. That's the other thing. I mean, talk about immense talent in that group. Um, and it's not just hip hop. I indeed. mean, you know, it's uh, spreads even further. Now, I mean, you can look at someone like L.A. L.A. Who goes beyond hip hop. I mean, she transcends hip hop. So it's it's amazing what they're doing. I mean, they're, all of them are talented. All have skills and um, they're all going to have big careers if they keep pushing it. Indeed. So, you know, I think that it's really important for artists as a whole in hip hop in particular, because our history has been so disposable to do a little bit of homework. You know, I mean, I think that it could only make your space better. It could only help add more substance to what you do. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's something to be learned from the people that paved the way. 
So, you know, go out there, check out Schooly D. You know, Wu-Tang Clan, everybody knows Everyone the name Wu-Tang, but, you know, get deeper, you know, learn a little yeah, bit about Master Killer. Right, learn right. a little bit about um, the producers behind the scenes. It wasn't all RZA. You know, learn a little bit about how ODB was obviously different from Inspector mm -hmm. Deck. And oh, Inspector yeah. Deck, you know, didn't sound anything like Raekwon. And Raekwon, you know, was on his own wavelength from, you know, Ghostface Killer. And, um, you know, I think that, that that in and of itself, not to mention the branding the and brand. the logo, yeah. I yeah. think more importantly than anything else, in their, you know, early days, mm -hmm. that logo was so captivating, so basic, so minimalistic, but captivating. Right, you saw it everywhere. That it 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 just it I don't know it was just the right image at the right time. And if you go back to people like the Rolling Stones mm -hmm. and the lips and the tongue, yeah. Um, uh, artists like uh, even though this one wasn't really necessarily simplistic, but artists like Iron Maiden, mm -hmm. you know, with Eddie, and even though this wasn't necessarily their logo in many ways. Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon, Prism, right? right. You know, it, it's a prism. Like it wasn't an elaborate album cover, but that in many ways became identifiable with the brand Pink Floyd, mm -hmm. and that's something that helped transcend Wu Tang from you know just another rap group yeah. in the nineties, yeah. you know, to something that everybody could identify with. Not to mention going back to the business, talk about merchandising. You know, I mean, I can't even imagine how many pieces of product of, you know, all types that W, mm -hmm. you know, was on. And that's that's something that a lot of artists could take away from today. You know, spend time back to Schoolie D. Uh, it, you know, if you if you research Schoolie D, you're going to see that caricature that I mentioned before. It looks like something you might get drawn at a. Uh, at a at a carnival or something like that, but he drew it of himself, yeah. and that became identifiable with him and what he was. Mm -hmm. You know, so definitely a lot of lessons out there. We just wanted to drop in. Uh, it's been a while. It's been twenty two years uh, for Insomniac. We launched in nineteen ninety six. Actually, it was ninety five originally as a newsletter, ninety six as an actual magazine. And then as far as we're concerned, uh, way before that, yeah. you started doing radio in what year? Oh, my God. Um, started doing radio, it must have been 88. Okay. With uh, DNA Hank Love. The WNWK. WNWK. And then a few years after that with my own show, Kevin Keith and the Dirty Dozen. And, the, and how long did the Kevin Keith and the Dirty Dozen uh, have a run on, on the radio? The Kevin Keith and the Dirty Dozen was on the air for six years. Yeah. Yeah, right. six years following the Austin awesome two and, the, and um and the yeah and and definitely I mean talk about history we're not even going to get into that now the the amount of artists that have come through there that have oh. since become iconic, iconic. yeah and uh, yeah and my radio show uh, started in the early nineties and ran for about ten years and uh, and that also coincided with the history of Insomniac magazine so anyway we just wanted to drop in. And say what's up. It's not often that we get to be together. So uh, just wanted to say what's happening out there. Uh, yeah, check us out. Insomniacmagazine.com. And uh, check us out online. And that is at Insom since 96 on Instagram and also Twitter. And uh, we'll check you guys out there. So thanks so much for checking us out. And we'll see you soon. Peace.